This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, we have a special guest talking all things sex, healing, and polyamory. Also, we pay black women, discuss child support, and mass incarceration, and periods. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Yo. Hello. Hi. Hey. Happy whatever day it is. Happy Black History Month. That's right, yo. Happy Black History Month. Word. What an exciting time to be alive, yo. Let's introduce ourselves. Let's do that. Welcome to Tea, tea with, with Queen, Queen and Jay. Jay. We are two womanist race nerds, nerds talking shit over tea. tea. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. Jay. Ew. I feel my voice getting like, Rrr. so I was like, please don't mess up the oh, owl. Oh, gosh. Don't mess it up, well, but I did you. it. Thank I, you for I not messing it. up the owl. I went through. I did it. How you been, Jay? I've been good. Oh, good, good, How good, you good. been? I've been I've been good. Good. Yeah. Good, good. You got fresh new hair. Yeah, I did I like my hair. It. I like it. Got a new piercing. Yes. Uh-oh, shoulder moves. Shoulder moves. Shoulder moves. Shoulder move weekend. I like it. Yeah. That's good shit. That's good that. shit. If you would like to follow the conversation of this podcast, you can use the hashtag TeaWithQJ on all social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever, on Twitter. We will retweet that shit. We will follow that hashtag. We are commenting. Other people yeah. are having a conversation on it. We'll like use it. Use that. That's right. And yeah. Yeah. Love it. Keep the conversation going. We love that. Yep. Yep. We yep. are currently recording at the Creative Network Studio. Yes. Indie Creative Network Studios. Um, but we record every week. That's right. Um, they also have a website. It is ICN.DJ. And you can go there and check out updated content every hour on the hour. There are podcasts, there are videos, there are articles. It is the hub for all things black media and all things regular ass media. It just happens to be done and produced and made happen by, by black the blacks. Folks. That's right. <laughs> for us, by us. So definitely check that shit out. Let's get into some libations. Yes, let's get into libations. So, what are libations? Well, I'll, I'll say with it, y'all. You've okay. been doing a lot of talking. All right. Um, libations are where we pour one for the homies, the ancestors, the people, places, and things that give us black joy. Yep. We big them up here and do we do that every week. That's so, right. my libations is for Little Miss Flint. Okay. Um, Little Miss Flint, her government name is Mary Culpany, and she is currently the youth ambassador for the Women's March movement. And so she already did a fundraiser to make it so 200 children can see Black Panther movie. But then now okay. she wants to have these kids get letters of basically libation letters mm-hmm. by the time the movie by the time they go to the premiere. So she oh, okay. has a address, a P.O. box, and she also has an email that you can send these letters to for these black children. So, so we're can, sending letters that say what? Just black joy shit. The oh, kids are okay, going to see okay. Black Panther and she wants them to like it, to get some letters of encouragement from right. people. Got it. And all of and that stuff. And these are kids in Flint, Michigan. Yes. Okay. Who still don't have water. Yes. By the way, just right. a reminder. B-T-dub. So this is a way for these kids to have some black joy in a very like not joyous situation Mm -hmm. which is really cool and i like that all all the time people think that solutions to problems are linear so Mm -hmm. you you have to solve this one before you get to the next thing and it's like you can you can it could be circular these these kids could enjoy black panther get these letters of libations Mm -hmm. and still be trying to get through this water crisis at the same time so it's like really dope so if you want to send a letter the address is p.o box 138 Flint, Michigan 
And the zip code is 48501. And you can also send an email because time may not be with you mm-hmm. by the time the premiere happens. I think that it's cool to just send anyway because maybe they'll give the letters later if yeah. they reach past 200. Mm-hmm. Um, the email address is Mary Copeny, M-A-R-I-C-O-P-E-N-Y 07 at gmail.com. That's so. so. And we'll put all that information in the show notes so you can um, reference there as well yeah. for those links and that info. And, yeah, libations for Miss um, Flint. I love that. That's super cool. My libations are also Black Panther related. It's just libations to all of us, yo. Libations to everybody getting excited. Word. It's people getting outfits made. It's people, you know, in kind of like what doing what Miss Little Miss Flint is, is doing mm-hmm. and renting out movie theaters yes. to have kids be able to go. The Crown Wakanda Fan Bros event that we're going to, they are also sending kids to the, to the theater to be yeah. able to see Black Panther. Even locally, like my friend's church is doing that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. And uh, libations to everybody who is just enjoying the shit and taking a moment to have some black joy, taking Word. a moment to enjoy black folks on screen, taking a moment to enjoy dark skinned black women in the forefront of, of cinema. You Word. know what I'm saying? Yo, did you see the video of the kids who found out it was like a classroom of kids who found out that they oh, were going yeah, to yeah, yeah. and the like dance uh-huh. party that Yeah, that happened. was super cute. That was so that was, that was black joy. Libations to them too. That's that right. Just, That's right. That we're cute. allowed to fucking enjoy things. Word. You can enjoy shit. There's been a lot of people talking about um you know how this is a Marvel film, and so the corporation behind this is, of course, white-owned. Like when they say that, you know what I picture? What? I picture that meme of um SpongeBob, <laughs> and it's like, but it's not right. owned. <laughs> the mimic meme. <laughs> it's yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Like right, shut the right, fuck up. Right. It's just interesting. So like, do you niggas not go to the movies ever all the, all, to all see anything? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all of us have a favorite movie that was done and created by a white director. You know what I'm in saying? A in a white, white capitalistic. Society country yeah. yeah um like it's until just, we're completely removed from that we are still a part of that right how are we supposed to function it's very interesting it's it's like people associate or certain people um certain black white supremacists associate black joy and black laughter with black ignorance you know what i'm saying Seriously. like we don't know that this is you know a marvel produced picture or it's just it's just really interesting. So anyway, libations to everybody who's taking a moment to enjoy this. People doing shit collectively. You know what I'm saying? Collect- People getting shit made. I'm not going to and it's totally You know okay. how much Kwanzaa what? shit is happening around this, Black Hello, Panther, thank you. And people are like thank acting you. like what thank the fuck? You. Like thank it's you. so much of that shit. We are is making happening. we're making it our own. We are <laughs> doing our own like thing. <laughs> thing. You know what I'm saying? We're doing our own thing. I'm not going to the premiere in H and M and I love H and M. You know, uh fucking no monkey, but <laughs> I love it. You gotta say that now. I gotta say I'm no monkey. H&M, Hashtag no monkey. No monkey. You know H&M, no, monkey. no monkey. No monkey. Um, but I'm not showing up to the Black Panther premiere in H and M. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though I know I can get fresh and make something come together, I'm not doing it. I'm showing up in something that was black created, yeah. black made. And even if you are, like, like maybe someone right. is wearing. No, that's H&M. totally fine. My like, point. My point was. Black folks are doing things communally with one another to support one another. We're taking make, taking this as an opportunity to do that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even all the screenings, people gathering together. This is Kwanzaa. Yeah. You know what I'm all saying? This is, is important. Happening. Yeah. So People are not just going to the movies and then going, bye. Right. There's parties. There's right. dinners. There's this stuff It's a whole bunch of shit happening surrounding it. this. And that 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 is not white created. We're, we're, we're enjoying something in a culturally black ass way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's 
ours. That we, part of it is we ours. We will collectively talk to the screen. There's just so much Absolutely. stuff. Do you know the Absolutely. food smells that are going to be in these theaters? <laughs> Man, y'all can't wait. Yeah, so libations to the black joy surrounding the Black Panther. Word. And I hope that, uh, you know, even if, I hope that more comes from this, but even if this is it, I'm, I'm a happy-ass bitch, yo. It's more to come. There's no way nothing happens after this. Oh, that's true. It is only February. That's true. That's true. That's true. It is only I'm excited. February. It's a beautiful thing. So libations to that shit. Donation libations. Um, as always, if you want to donate to Tea with Queen and J podcast, you can go to our website, teawithqueenandj.com. Go to the do- donation tab and you have two options. You can hit our Patreon and subscribe there and choose uh, to donate any amount that you want per month. We ask that all of our listeners donate $2 a month. If we get $2 a month from every listener, we'll be able to do all the shit that we want to do. So you could do that or you could fucking subscribe and donate $1 a month. Whatever you want to do, um, we will take it. We will use it. We will appreciate it. Yep. Thank you so much. Also, you can, if you don't want to do a monthly subscription thing, you can break us off on paypal any amount that you choose again one dollar up to however much you want to give we totally appreciate it we will take it. a million we dollars that we will take a million dollars <laughs> and we use it to do all the stuff that we want to do we mentioned before that we're going we mentioned the last episode we're going to south by southwest we throw live events we do all type of shit and the money that you give us helps us to do that shit and helps us to record every week it Studio does, time. Yeah. that's right uh-huh. um so yes, thank you for your donations. People who donated this week, we are libating Sydney and Milena who hit us off on the Patreon. Thank you so much. And Delaney and Bree gave us PayPal donations. So thank you thank so much you. for that. Thanks for that. Yes. Very appreciate it. I appreciate you. So you mentioned South by Southwest. I did mention South by Southwest. I'm going to say it again. We're going to South by Southwest. Hey! We're going to South by Southwest with Queer Walk Podcast. Mm-hmm. Be sure to listen to them if you have not yet. We are very excited. So excited. Going to South by Southwest with Money and Nikita. We're going to have an amazing freaking time. We will be there from the 10th through the 14th. Our live show takes place with Queer Walk. We will be there on March 12th at 9.30 a.m. Be sure that you are there. Don't be square. You can uh, bring your coffee and shit, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> bring your coffee bring your tea bring your tea it'll be definitely bring your tea yes bring your tea it'll be earlier than than, I, than i'm used to doing shit um uh-huh. yeah but i'm excited about it yo i'm fucking excited we're gonna be in motherfucking texas we are also on the 13th gonna do a meetup yeah so if you are not gonna be at south by southwest but you're gonna be in austin and you want to come say what's up to us come have a drink check congregate. us out that's right do you that right. we will be out there we'll let you know exactly where um soon but we will be at South by Southwest, and I'm mad excited. I'm mad excited. Yeah, so get ready. Tell your I friends. I was nervous, but now I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm excited. So, do you want to get into the show? Let's do that. Let's get into the show. the show so jay yes what kind of tea are you drinking today well i was gonna lie but then you acted like lying was a federal offense and i so did i said i don't want to i don't want to lie by myself so i'm not drinking any tea because we still have no tea here <laughs> so there's that we're yeah. just gonna i have water though so i will be talking my shit drinking over water, water you okay. know which is good yeah you know sometimes mm-hmm. you just don't have tea it happens it and does I mean, it is, you know, kind of what this podcast is. Yeah. Talking shit over tea. But um, we could do it over water. That's cool, too. 
that's cool too. We'll that's get it cool together too. at some yeah. point. We'll um, what are you affirming this week for yourself? I am affirming that I'm a bad bitch as always. Yes. I'm affirming that I am enough. And I'm affirming that even when I'm a bad bitch, like it's still something I have to recalibrate sometimes. Okay. Because yesterday I was feeling down. So I was like, what's going on? So I like eliminated. I, which means listening to the lemonade album. Mm-hmm. So I eliminated. I did my hair. Um, I just did things right. that make me feel good. Like today is rainy as shit. I didn't care. I put like, I beat the shit out of my face. Mm-hmm. Like just stuff like that. Right. That um kind of just helps me like change my energy when I'm feeling not so bad bitchy mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Good. Like knowing that is something that is like being a bad bitch is a verb. It doesn't just happen. Like right. it's an action. Like, of course. You know, whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I'm affirming. I like it. I like it. Good shit. Um, I'm affirming that I am not a lady as always. And I'm affirming that I am enough. Mm-hmm. That is still very important. On the weekends, we know I just don't feel like I'm enough or that I did enough, but I am enough. Why? Affirming. That is enough. <laughs> and, and yes. And that is enough. That is enough. Enough. Because I am enough. Yes. I do want to, um, I guess it's not an affirmation, but um, I, I'm happy for myself because I got a piercing Friday that I've been wanting to get for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got the piercing and my friend did it. Right. But the way that she went about it was just different from any time I've ever gotten a piercing. Mm-hmm. So like I was nervous and instead of like, tell me when you're ready or like right. calm down, she was like, tell my hands. And she was like, let's take deep breaths. And we took deep breaths. That's so nice. And she was like, why do you want this piercing? And then I told her why I wanted the piercing and blah, blah, blah. blah. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just want to, I guess Labate, she's Ryan, my friend who mm-hmm. like did the piercing, but then kind of like did like a little mini meditation session to like mm-hmm. get me in the zone. Cause right. I was like, ah, you want to put a hole in my face? That's awesome. But um, yeah, it worked out. It was nice. I like, I like that. that. Good mm-hmm. shit, yo. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of further black woman sister circle libation moments, we had the pleasure of going to um, Red Light Special Urban oh, Burlesque yes. Show. We definitely did. Yeah, we did that. Um, what was that, Friday night? Yes. Friday night. It was Friday, Friday night, night in Brooklyn at Gold Sounds Bar. Um, it was a show. It was produced by Art of Legon. That is a multimedia arts and entertainment company, music, dance, visual arts, entertainment. Um, And the event was called Red Light Special Urban Burlesque Show. And the founder and uh, choreographer of all of that is Yamina Legon. And it was dope. I had a great time. Yeah. It was nice to see black women, black women centered in burlesque. Yeah. And it was nice to see not just like a European lens with how they presented it. Right. So there was like a lot of drumming. There was like Caribbean um, influence. Mm-hmm. There was African influence. Um, a lot of black influence yes. in the space, which was like really good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, burlesque tends to seem very European to me. Right. And although I like it because I like the sexuality aspect, I did like seeing the blackness mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was dope. So we definitely had a good time there. Thank you so much for inviting us. It was lit. So yes. libations to that yes, shit. Yes, yes. Speaking of black ass sexuality and shit, yeah. we have a special show today. We have an amazing guest today. We rarely do guests on this show because we just enjoy one another and shit. Yeah. Um, but we have a dope guest coming up to talk about, again, more black ass sexuality. So our guest is Evian. 
She is a doula, a sexuality doula, which is like something really interesting to me. And she um, hosts the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast. She also has the sexuallovelibration.com. It's a website that I've like frequent. It's really, really good. She facilitates, educates, and empowers women, identifying folks who want to bloom into a sexual free body. Yes. <laughs> Um, and she's been featured lots of places. She's been featured um, on TV with Queen and Jay now. Hey. Um, she's been featured in Bitch Magazine, Black Girl on Own, Huffington Post, Cosmopolitan, Madame Noir. Like, she's doing her thing. I love it. You know, just to name a few. So mm-hmm. here's our guest, Evian. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here and we have Evian on the line. Yes. I'm excited. Hi. Hi. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us we're so excited about having you on thank you yo you guys have no idea how excited i am to be on like i'm i'm having to hold back my excitement it's really really difficult <laughs> that's awesome so just to kind of like clue the listeners in um to how we ended up having you on the show yeah. you sent us t-mail and uh, before i even had time because we're both on the t-mail inbox before i even had time to read it queen text me like i just want to let you know that i was fangirling in our inbox (laughs) (laughs) and beyond emailed i was like all right let me see what what this is and i hadn't listened Uh, to your podcast yet because i'm a podcast junkie so i have so many in my queue that i had yours saved and i just hadn't had time to get to it yet um yeah i had it saved and queen has been listening to the show so like we, I read her whole letter. Then when I got to the part, and you're like, "I have a podcast," and I'm like, "Wait, sexually liberated woman? What the fuck?" <laughs> I listened to. It. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was. I had a fangirl moment. Yeah, also. so that was super cool. And we like to have guests on the show because we rarely have guests. Um, so when we do have guests, we like to have people who we already kind of fuck with, and we know what it is that they do and what they're working on. So thank you again for joining us. Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah. So I wrote that letter while I was getting my hair braided. And I was like, I, was like, I think um, I think it was like hour seven. And by then I was like, I am so done with this. I don't know what else to do. I've listened to all my podcasts. Oh my I've read my books. I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to write into the podcast for a while. So let me just hit up Queen and Jay and like, you know, do something with my hands because I'm so bored. That's and, perfect. Um, I, I didn't expect that you guys would write back. I didn't even, I, I had no idea that you even knew who I was. So when I got that message, I was like, wait, what? Do you guys know who I am? Oh, it's, it's surreal. That's it's so, so surreal. funny. I'm so it's, happy to be here. That was, it was the same for me. It was surreal. Like, Thank oh, you. Shit. Yeah. It's like we do this podcast and we know people listen to it. We actually know how many people. And then we get surprised when somebody is like, oh, I listen to your show. I know who you are. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's cool. So thank you again. Thanks for joining us. And oh, um, thank you for having yeah. me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> um, so as somebody, I so I just started listening to your podcast and kind of seeing like what you're all about. We did it just just a sidebar. We'll edit this out. We did an intro for you before um, getting oh, on the right call on. with you. Yeah. So I just want you to know that that did happen already. Um, cool. Okay. So questions. Um, so yeah. So as somebody who's just kind of getting to know you and listening to your podcast, I checked out your website. And you kind of talk about um, healing yourself and you present your sexual, the the conversations that you have about sexuality and just that whole experience, they come from a very healing space. So how did you heal yourself? Oh my God, that's a loaded question because there's so many elements to Mm -hmm. that. Um, What 
first started for me was realizing that I needed to be healed because I think, oh, I think that's part of the process is realizing like the things that I think about when I think about sex and the things that I think about when I think about my sexual identity are really kind of like fucked up. Mm, (laughs) So mm. I had to take a step back and realize that the way that I was experiencing sex, the way that I was thinking about sex, um, the way I was responding to sex wasn't normal. Uh, so for a while I thought it was normal. I thought everyone just felt the way that they did about sex, Mm -hmm. um, as, as I did. Um, so realizing that it wasn't normal, realizing that sex is supposed to feel good and I'm supposed to feel free and empowered and uninhibited. That was the first step. Mm Um, the second step was me, First, like getting into a sense of like, okay, where is all of that junk coming from? Like, why is it that sex is so difficult for me to access? Why is it that I have so many hangups around sex? And I mean, there's like layers and layers and layers with that answer. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. sexual trauma. There's sexual shame coming from religion because I was raised Christian. I'm not a practicing Christian anymore. Yeah. 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 So, um, so there's, there's that there was, um, you know, just the, the weird kind of dynamics that I had around virginity and this very strange, uh, exchange that I had with my father about my virginity, where it Mm -hmm. felt like my virginity and my sexual purity belonged to him. And Mm. that when I defiled myself, I was taking something away from him. So there's a lot, there was a lot in there that was creating, um, a lot of complexity and a lot of dysfunction with Mm -hmm. my sexuality. So Mm -hmm. getting there, like, and realizing what those things were, I was better able to kind of, um, to, to work through that, like get into therapy, start reading books and properly educating myself about what a fucking clitoris is. Um, and, um, educating myself on the way that my body experiences pleasure. Um, and then like the third part of that was asking myself who I wanted to be as a sexual being, because for so long, all of those identities about sex and those ideas about sex and sexuality were kind of thrust on me by other forces, um, predominantly by like the male gaze and all these sexist and racist ideas of what sexuality for a black woman should look like. Mm -hmm. And so being able to ask myself that question, like, how do I want sex to feel? Who do I want to be as a sexual being? Like, if I didn't have the shame that I had, if I didn't have the the inhibitions that I had, if I didn't have the upbringing that I did, how would I want to approach sex? And how would I want to approach my body? And how would I want to approach um, sexuality, my sexual orientation? And so that, I mean, that's like a a very fast paced version of kind of what I did. And of course, this took years. I mean, I'm still Mm -hmm. in this process of figuring it out, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of like the main things that started me on this process. I think what you said about your virginity um, kind of being related to your dad in some way Mm -hmm. is really Mm -hmm. interesting. And I think that that is the way that virginity is framed for so many people. Um, oh, yeah. I think that people forget how toxic and fucking strange that is. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. That your virginity or, or even these these kind of um, what are those promise ceremonies or yeah, fucking. Like, it's still hugely male centric. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't even have anything right. to do with the woman or the girl who is losing their virginity. It's mm-hmm. like literally still about a dick. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really trippy. Like when I when I really started to think about the ways that. Uh, my sexuality and and my virginity was 
prized, it, it really started to creep me out a bit. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's not something that's rare. I mean, it happens quite often. Um, this idea of, of a woman or a young girl's virginity being uh, sort of like a, like a symbol of her worth and a symbol right. of her value. And if you take that away from her, not only uh, is she no longer valuable or worthy, but it also reflects on the parent or, or the man. And I always found that so weird. And, and the, the way that it came up for me was that I lost my virginity when I was 15 to a boy that I thought I was going to marry. I mean, it was so stupid and dumb. Like we were together for like almost three years, total high school sweethearts. If it would have worked out, it would have been a beautiful story. But I, I had sex with this, this person because I thought that we were going to get married. So I assume like, well, you know, being raised Christian, God is love and God knows our hearts and we love each other. And he proposed to me. And, um, I mean, I was 15, but whatever. <laughs> that was like my mindset at the Who time. Who hasn't been engaged um, at 15? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I, I felt, I, I knew that it wasn't the right way of, of going about things, but I thought that there would be a little bit of compassion and a little bit of empathy and understanding about what I was going through. When my dad found out that I was having sex, he didn't speak to me for two weeks. Mm. Um, And that has completely traumatized me in terms of the way that my sexual identity and uh, my sexual purity was such a big part of his impression of me that when that was defiled, when I was defiled, I'm saying that in quotations, um, he looked at me as though I had made the biggest mistake of my life. So having those things, I mean, and at the time, you know, it it affected me and I was like, ah, he's just being a jerk or whatever. But like, it's really easy to sort of dismiss that kind of stuff and think that like, ah, whatever, you know, just that's something that happened. And, you know, after two weeks, he started talking to me again. And so all is fine. But I mean, that, that shit is really, really harmful. And it, yeah. it gives people messages that um, don't easily go away with just like, you know, a, a few quick conversations about it. So, um, so yeah, my, my process and my journey has been about peeling back the layers of shame and peeling back the layers of uh, misogyny in a lot right. of ways that have dictated the way that I used to see my sexuality and, uh, my sexual expression in the past. So you describe yourself as a sexuality doula. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've, the way that I understand the term doula is usually of women um, helping in childbirth. So how yeah. do you, what is, what is a sexuality doula? So a doula, actually the, 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 I guess, etymology of that word is, it means slave girl. So, um, someone who Whoa. basically, I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, let me, um, let me pull it up. Um, it's really, really fascinating. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's commonly known and commonly used for, uh, this idea of like birth and, and assisting childbirth and stuff. But back in the day it was, I mean, I think it was, I think it's a word either in Hebrew or something like that. I should know this, um, that translates in as slave girl. Um, and so uh, obviously it's been reclaimed, um, and people are using it for, for different reasons or, or different methods. Like I know of death doulas, like doulas who 
help facilitate and um, hold space for and witness other people as they're going through either a grieving process or um, they're the ones that are being uh, that are soon to be dying or, or whatever. Um, same with de- or with birth, you know, like you have someone who comes in and helps educate you, helps hold space for you, gives you practical tips and tools or not necessarily a doctor, but there's someone who can be an empathetic witness to what you're going through, who can educate and facilitate and empower you to make decisions um, so that when you do go through the whole birthing process, you feel completely informed and, and empowered. And so applying it to the sexual realm, I mean, it's basically the same thing as a sexuality doula. I'm someone who works with people who want to get rid of the sexual shame that they're dealing with, be educated about, um, their body's responses, their body's arousal, their body's anatomy, um, and reclaim certain facets of their sexual out their sexuality and their sexual identity that has been previously seemed to be off limits to them because of racism, because of trauma, because of religious bullshit that was handed down to them from years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And so my job really is to like walk people um, and hold them by the hand and and help them find their way to sexual empowerment in a really gentle and also um, I don't want to say challenging way, but I certainly try to push back on some of the things that come up around like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough or as a as a big black woman, I'm not allowed to be sexy. So I'm there to listen. I'm there to hold space. I'm there to ask questions. And I'm also there to challenge the parts of them that are still wrapped around this idea of like sexual shame and and things like that. Dope. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I know you also like have workshops and facilitate things like that. How does that go? Like what does a sexual workshop even look like? Yeah, so um I my work looks in a couple different ways. Um so I do one-on-one work with people. So um I have clients from all over the world who will call me either via Skype or on the phone and we will have one-hour sessions with these with each other. Sometimes we'll go a little bit over and during that time we'll talk about um, what they're going through. Um, and before that, you know, we, we have like an intake process where I'm asking them, who do you want to be as a sexual being? Kind of the questions that I was getting to like a little bit earlier, like what's holding you back from being the, the sexually free person that you want to be. Um, and so based on the information that I gather in that intake form, we're able to kind of have a desired outcome about who they want to be, and we work towards that in our sessions together. So that's one facet of the work that I do. Um, I also do workshops. Um, <clears throat> so I, I most of my work has been um, based digitally, uh, actually pretty much since I started, <laughs> which was like <laughs> seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only this year that I've started getting more into uh, in-person events. And I actually just had my first solo IRL workshop, um, in Portland, Oregon, where I'm from like literally just a few days ago. Um, and I was teaching people how to take sexy selfies as a method of radical self-love and sexual acceptance. Um, so that's, that's a new thing that I'm doing, but other ways that I've taught, uh, workshops digitally are, um, also the sexy self-portraiture class, which was, uh, based digitally before it became an IRL thing. 
Um, I also have like a sensuality e-course where I walk through people um, or I, I work with people who want to not feel so disconnected from their bodies. Like they feel like they're all up in their head and and not so much in their bodies. Like, um, it's, it's morbid, but like, it's the term like castrated from the neck down. (laughs) So so I work with people who are like, yeah, I really want to be a sensual being, but I don't know where to start because I'm so disconnected from my body. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, that's, those are some of the workshops that I, that I do. That's amazing. Congrats on your first, uh, live. Thanks. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was fun. I was very nervous. I thought I was going to have to drink a little bit before I went on (laughs) because usually, usually when I, cause I've done like performances before. Um, and I've, I've spoken in front of audiences and stuff like that, but like, uh, I, my body responds in a very strange way. It just starts shaking, like Mm -hmm. not violently, but just, you know, I get nervous. And so I'm like, I really don't want that to happen. I really want to be able to like be in the process and enjoy the class and not have to worry about my hands shaking. And unfortunately my hands did anyway, but it's fine. (laughs) I mean, the class, the class was good. It happens. happens. Yeah. Yeah. So if a person wanted to, and let's say they're new to your podcast, would you, do you have an episode that you think would be a good intro episode for new listeners to? Ooh, yeah. Um, so there's a couple. So I, I want to say first that my podcast is on a hiatus. Well, it has been for about a year now. I'm in the process I know, of I'm getting dying. it. I'm dying. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I know it's a lot I keep of work. Getting, yeah, I keep getting messages from um, from people who are like, uh, so I'm glad that you're resting, but like when's the podcast coming back though? Because like I, it needs to come back. And like I, I absolutely love podcasting. It's such a blast to do. It's such a great way to connect with people. Like I wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it weren't for podcasting, right? right? Yeah, so right, like yeah. I really, really love podcasting, but it takes a lot of work, yeah. you know, especially if you're super conscious about the quality of your podcast, the sound of your podcast, the people that you bring on. So I took a step back just to focus on some other work projects, but I'm in the process of, of getting things scheduled and, and, you know, coming back or or whatever. But the good news is that I have a pretty decent sized back catalog so Mm -hmm. people can go there and like listen to other episodes if they want. The content is timeless. You know what I mean? Yeah, So it's not like you, you can listen to it at any time and it'll still be very relevant um, to whatever is happening now in terms of sexuality. And there was actually, I listened to the interview that you did with Expressions Untold, I think. Yeah. I and I ended up yeah, following yeah, yeah. him. I had no idea that that was, you know, like from a year ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. you know, at any time it's still very relevant. Yeah, that's one of my favorite, favorite episodes. Um, another one is episode 21, which is about Oshun yeah. and uh, sensuality. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Dr. Zaleka is incredible. She did her dissertation on um, Oshun and Oshunality and black sexuality. And oh, it's so good. That yeah. episode is amazing. Um, of, I also like that's actually like one of my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I get a lot of people who are like, I come back to this one 
constantly because there's just so many like juicy nuggets in there that they like to kind of go back to. And it's, it's just, it's such a good one. Um, one of my personal favorites is the episode that I did with my mom where I interviewed her about her sexuality and how she grew up. Um, I mean, she was also, she grew up in the church and, uh, her upbringing was even more strict than mine. Like they weren't even allowed to dance, um, in her house. So, um, I was really curious about how she came to know about sex, the, the things that she heard about as a young girl, like what she learned about her body and things like that. And so, um, me, my mom and my sister, we went into, we we took a trip together on the coast. Um, and we, I brought my, my microphone and I just, uh, interviewed my mom and it was, it was so funny and it was really heartbreaking. I'm still having to process, uh, some of the things that came out, but, um, yeah, I think those are some, some good places to start. That's cool. Do, are you comfortable saying what denomination of uh, Christianity you grew up under? You know, I've asked my mom this before and she told me, what is it? Epis- yep. no, Pentecostal a- apostolic. Uh, one of maybe, those, maybe I, I forget. It's, okay. it's the strict one. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to are, say the oppressive. Those are, yeah, those are, those are, those two are pretty strict depending, but, um, yeah, yeah it could you know, be that, could it, be something else. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's wild too, because like my, when, when I talk about being raised religious, I think there's this there's this assumption that like we went to church every Sunday and we only listened to gospel music. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that my parents are actually quite lenient about church as, as, um, as, as something that you did externally. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't, we didn't really go to church together as mm-hmm. a family, although they were very adamant about us, me and my sister being in the church, like going to youth groups and summer camps and, Um, but beyond that, I mean, they were really by the book. I mean, Mm -hmm. what, what the Bible said, said, and you know, that's, that's the way it was. And so anything that had to deal with, I mean, there's not a lot of good sex stuff in the Bible. (laughs) I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't think of a thing that's like, yeah, sex is amazing and masturbation is great. Mm -hmm. And like learning about your clitoris, like, of course it wouldn't say those things. right? Right. But like, um, yeah. So, so it makes a lot of sense that my, my upbringing around sex and sexuality was really closeted and, uh, like kind of scaremongering mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The only, and maybe I shouldn't think of this in a sexual way, but the story of, I think one of the Marys washing Jesus's feet, I always found that to be like a sexual <laughs> yeah. story. Like they, right. had a, there was a thing going on there, but that's just me. Or I like, or I like didn't see that because I hate feet. The prostitutes, so. <laughs> right? Like, right, Je- yes. Like Jesus was always hanging around with prostitutes. Why? Mm-hmm. Why was right, that? Yeah. Right, you know? Right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. he could have been he could have been hanging out with anybody else, but he chose prostitutes. Yep. I'm just saying. It's yep. it's Word. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's not by accident. He knew where the holes was at. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Right. Maybe maybe Jesus was was a little bit of a hoe. Oh my god, the Lord's going <laughs> to And the podcast took a turn. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry. No, nah, it's all good. That's what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> um I wanted to kind of I guess this is kind of a comment, but I wanted to say the thing that drew me to your podcast um compared to other sexual podcasts I listen to is 
your approach to sex and I guess the mm-hmm. retrospective healing way in which you present sex. It's not like it's like you subtract the perversion that is usually even if someone is talking sex positively, there's still some kind of like perversion or like crudeness to it. And mm. salacious kind Yeah, of like shit. the salacious mm. kind of thing. And I don't get mm-hmm. that from your podcast at all. So I've always really feel safe in the Aww, space that's you great. provide for me because um especially being a person who is a as a survivor of sexual trauma, it is important for me yeah. to like not be triggered. And even when you had mm-hmm. episodes about sexual trauma, I didn't feel triggered. So I kinda I guess I just wanted to say that I appreciate the safe space you the safe sex space that you've created for me to explore and all of that. Oh, that makes, oh, that makes me feel so good and means so much to get that feedback because, um, it's so important for me that these conversations happen, but I also know that there's a lot of core wounding around sex for people to the point where like to even say the word sex is, it feels really, really hard. Mm -hmm. So, um, I want it to be approachable. I want it to feel safe. You know, I want us to be able to have conversations about this without it being dogmatic or without it still being, you know, kind of perverted. I mean, of course there's, there's, there's space and, and time for mm-hmm. perversion. And I certainly, um, I certainly love to be perverted, but, same, um, same, same. <laughs> but, but I, I also realized that, um, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of yeah trauma around sex and I, I want it to be approachable. I want it to feel, I want it to feel safe as, as safe as possible. So I'm always trying to make my work feel like that. And also too, from a point of, I, I know what it's like to be on the other side, like feeling incredibly traumatized and triggered by sex or sex talks. Um, and then also feeling broken, feeling not enough, yeah. feeling full of shame. And then you see these people that are like, I have multiple orgasms every time I have sex mm-hmm. and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's totally fine. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not dissing people who do that, but I know when I was in a state of complete shame and trauma, it was very difficult for me to look at these people like, oh, I, I should listen to you. Because for yeah. me, I was like, I can't. I'm, I'm too busy judging myself for not being where you're at. So I'm always, even not just with my podcast, even with the work that I do, I'm always trying to get to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to come from a place of I'm right where you are. Like, I hate being called an expert. I hate being called someone who's like a guru. And it happens mm-hmm quite often with the work that I do, because I don't want to be put on a pedestal. I want people to know that like, I'm not perfect. I'm still dealing with my own sexual issues to this day. Um, And I may just be a little further along in my journey than most people, but I'm still figuring it out too. And so I think that coming from that perspective of just like, yo, I'm not an expert. I'm just someone who's really curious and I want to be able to help you do the same, I think is, um, I I wish that I had had that when I was when I was struggling yeah I well I do have it now (laughs) in your podcast um so you mentioned in the the letter that became like a fangirl chain letter back and forth between us um you mentioned that you liked our she's gotta have it review oh my god can I just can I just can I just talk to you guys for a second (laughs) Yo, okay, so because of because of the work that I do, everyone was like, girl, you gotta check out she's gotta have it. So oh, I, I wanna say I've never seen the original. I'm not really a fan of 
Spike Lee's work, really. I don't okay. know. I just, mm-hmm. the things that I've seen, I'm just kind of like, eh. You know, it's not bad. It's just right. like, meh. Mm-hmm. So everyone's talking to me about she's got to have it. And they're like, it's so empowering. And mm-hmm. polyamorous black woman with multiple no. lovers and bisexuality. And I'm like, oh, word? Like, this sounds sick. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It is sick. The other, the other way. The other yeah, the, it's. I was like, I could barely get past episode one. And yeah. I was actually like... Uh, Insta story, like Instagram storing it, like, okay, so I first started and the first couple of frames were like really intriguing to me. I really liked, you know, how black as fuck it was. Just like all of the imagery was really beautiful. And so that kept me interested. But the moment the story started, I was like, who is this bitch? And why do I care? Like, why should I care? I don't care. And so... (laughs) So I was on Insta story like, you guys, like all y'all are telling me it's good. Should I, and you know, should I keep watching? And a couple people were like, yeah, girl, keep watching. It's good. I promise you it's really, really good. But a majority of people and a majority of them were black women and femmes. They were like, girl, turn it off. Like it is bad. I watched the whole episode and, or the whole series and it was terrible. So I was very happy that you guys reviewed it because it was my way of being able to like see what the show is all about without having to go through that entire yeah, bloody yeah. thing. And I, I feel really sorry for you guys. <laughs> no, it was painful. Like, no, like for real, thank like you, every, every episode that I heard of yours, I was like, oh my God, they're still at it. Like yeah. I seriously thought it that you guys rough. were going to finish it. it was yeah. Really, That's how it felt. It, was, it was really, yeah, it was tough. Like in my body, it was tough. Yeah, no, it hurt. It hurt. <laughs> there were moments <laughs> where it was like, heck, we're still doing this? We are still talking yeah. about this shit? Yeah, it was yeah. It Well, was even hard. some of the episodes that you guys, like some of the things that you talked about in your episodes, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. really? And yeah. it just made me feel really blessed that I didn't go through that. I'm <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, it was rough. It was so rough. I brought that up because of polyamory, and um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like baby polyamorous person, um, exploring mm-hmm. that stuff now. And then the series really made me angry because it was like, this is not. That's not polyamory. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? So I wanted to ask. That's just you, bad boundaries. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you what you. Can you present healthy polyamory to our listeners, to us? And also, no, yeah, well, yeah, what's that? What is healthy polyamory? Yeah, I mean, healthy polyamory is consent. And that's one of the things that I feel like, based on what I heard, because, again, I didn't watch the series. I watched it by proxy of what you guys, you know, (laughs) your reviews and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, I mean, I did hear things like, about the um the the dinner where everyone just kind of shows up and it's like oh shit those are her lovers okay mm-hmm. um that's really problematic you know like being not being able to see your lovers as people with agency you know like not being able to give them an opportunity to be like no actually i really don't want to meet your lovers because some people who are in non-monogamous relationships that's part of their their thing like they don't want to know about your other people's partners not because they're jealous or anything that's just they don't really want to hear about it or they don't want to meet them so um healthy polyamory healthy non-monogamy is consent you know treating your partners like human beings like decent human beings with feelings um communication that sounds like that was completely missing from, from 
she's was. gotta have it. it I mean, was. I mean, it's not. It, they were talking, right? But I don't know if they were they really were like communicating, hearing, yeah, right? If they were really hearing each other, and yeah. also like emotional. Uh, emotional intelligence. Another mm-hmm. thing that I felt based on your review was totally missing from she's got to have it. Um, so I think all of those things combined, you know, uh, communication, emotional intelligence, consent, treating your partners like they're decent human beings with yeah. feelings and other desires and things like that. I mean, th- that's what makes up healthy polyamory. And if you don't have any of those things, then um, then, I mean, I'm not saying you're not doing polyamory, but like, I, I don't know. See, and I get, I get so like weirded out about the whole polyamory thing because it really is an umbrella term. Yeah. So many people can do polyamory in many, many, many different ways. So when I say polyamory, it might mean something very different to me than it does to you or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm, totally. I prefer non-monogamy, mm-hmm. um, just because it, you know, th- that to me makes a lot more sense in terms of that. But, um, I don't know. I, I think it's we need more poly role models. And actually, there is a Tumblr, uh, I believe, called Poly Role Models, um, oh. done by by a black man. I think mm-hmm. Poly. I'm looking it up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I, I think that. Him, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I can <guess> start. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. So, but what he does is that he um, he actually interviews uh, other people who are in oh, polyamorous okay, okay. relationships. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, it's called Poly Role Models. Um, uh, polyromodels.tumblr.com and a few of my polyamorous friends have been featured on the site and um, and I adore my friends I mean I I don't make friends with with dopes so um, <laughs> if if they're being if they're being featured on the site like they they're definitely people who are doing polyamory in a, a healthy way so I, I highly recommend just going on a website like that and mm-hmm. just looking at the ways that other people are doing it um, and learning from their mistakes because that's one thing that they talk about too mm-hmm. So I kind of want to know, since uh, it sounds like your um, sexual healing came uh, about during your marriage, so you kind of mm-hmm. already you entered the marriage, I guess, with one view of your sexuality and kind of learned and progressed and healed yourself. Um, mm-hmm. How did that shift your marriage? Was that difficult? What, how does, how does that, how does that work? Cause I know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a single, I'm like a lifelong single ass bitch. And so I always, as an observer of long-term relationships and marriage, it seems like when people change, sometimes that's difficult for relationships to sustain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I feel incredibly blessed to be with a dude that, um, that was patient with me because a lot of a lot of people aren't, especially men, especially yeah. around the subject of sex, mm-hmm. you know, um, because there's this male entitlement, I think, that's built in to most men that says, like, I'm entitled to having sex with mm-hmm. the people that I'm with. Um, so I um, I've been with my husband for ooh, 11 years now, and um, <clears throat> we got we we got into into some things because of the fact that we we met each other really young I was 19 when I met him and I was 20 when we got married and so in a lot of ways that was kind of a gift because it allowed us to really grow up and grow into each other and um and learn from each other with the sex stuff it was really difficult because I mean I was 
I was one of the first people that he had been with that had had these really constricting sexual hangups and he didn't know what to do. (laughs) Um, he was like, I don't, you're like flailing and I don't really know how to fix this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it got kind of bad to the point where, you know, I was being so triggered and, and so frustrated by our lack of sexual intimacy that, um, we weren't really having sex at one point. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting down with him and being like, um, so I think that this is just who I am. I think I'm one of those people who just doesn't have sex, you know, like kind of like people who have an aversion to cilantro. Like I'm just, (laughs) I'm just that kind of person. Um, so we can either stay together and you get a, a mistress on the side or we divorce because I don't feel comfortable having this pressure to be something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, I suggested that multiple times to him and each time he was like, shut up. Like, are you crazy? Like, that's not happening. Like, this is going to get better. We're going to find ways to, to make you feel better and things like that. And so what that looked like for him was just advocating for my wellness, you know, like mm-hmm. constantly, telling me that I was okay, that this wasn't going to be permanent. And even if it was, he would stay with me no matter what, because he was with me, not because of the sex that we had, but because of the life that he saw us building together. And so we had, we had some pretty rough times. There was actually a point where we went into therapy together, um, which I highly recommend for anyone, even if you think that you're 100% okay with your partner and you guys are doing great. Mm -hmm. Um, Going into couples therapy, even if it's just a session or two, can be really, really enlightening. And it was really enlightening for me and Jonathan because we were able to um, have someone in the room with us as we're processing some, some hard stuff and be able to offer us tools and, and hold space for the both of us and, you know, being unbiased and things like that. Um, so yeah, it was, I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I kind of meandered a little bit. No, 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 no. that was, that was hopeful. Um, Okay. Okay. I wanted to, um, go back into, well, since we're talking about you and your marriage and your husband, so you and your husband are non-monogamous and that Mm -hmm. happened in the marriage also. That wasn't something that was decided before, (laughs) like when you were dating, like how did that shift happen? And... I'm, I'm making that I'm making that sound because like I literally came into this relationship like I was raised Christian like there was no there's no other option it's just like you are either you're you marry and you're you stay married until you die like that's I mean even <laughs> divorce is not an option right yeah, and so yep. um I, I should I should be very clear and say Jonathan is a white man like he is white okay thank um, you for not so, putting me in the position to have to ask because i was thinking no. in my head has this been a black man all this uh, time what okay uh, i <laughs> just you. i just always assumed no. he was white Why? no 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 i think because he, of her living in portland right and then okay. i heard the interview it sounded like a white man oh, okay i didn't hear they the had an episode of them together it. okay i was like he sounds quite white white okay <laughs> he's white got i it. actually i actually like jokingly say that he's like an aryan nation's dream because he's got like <laughs> blue eyes, the dirty blonde hair he is quite okay. got it um, okay so so he actually approached me. We were together for like two years. And um, oh, I think we were together longer than that. I think we were together three years. And he was telling me that he had uh, started having romantic feelings for uh, a friend of his. Mm-hmm. 
And he brought up the notion of polyamory, which was a word I never even heard of. I was like, poly, what? I don't know what that is. Mm. Um, And he started talking to me about it. And I was like, hell no, that is not happening. Like, that's some white people shit. I'm not (laughs) doing that. Like, I'm not doing that. And I was really adamant about it. Um, I I tried the best that I could to be as open-minded as possible, but it just seemed completely ridiculous like why would you want to open up your your marriage like what then it's not marriage anymore like my Mm. brain just could not compute that just based on everything that I was taught about love relationships fidelity even like this idea of of you know it was really difficult for me to wrap my brain around this notion of polyamory based on the way that I was raised and especially because I was raised understanding what fidelity was and all those things. And so I swore and was very adamant against the idea of trying it. I thought it was some white people shit. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I discovered, or rather I gave myself permission to uncover the fact that I was not a straight person. And that opened up a new door for me okay. um, in regards to like, polyamory and how that can be an option for folks like me who are in hetero relationships but n- aren't necessarily straight. Okay. And um, I had had an, an, an idea that I wasn't straight for a little while, but it wasn't until I began to do my sexual healing that I realized like, oh, this is a part of my identity. And so that's when talks of non-monogamy started coming back up again, not necessarily in the sense of like, I know of someone that I really want to be in a relationship with now, but more like, okay, if I know that this is a part of my identity, if I know that um, this is something that I want to explore, something that I want to give space to, what would it look like for us to create boundaries? And what would it look like for us to create a relationship model that allows us both, not just me, but allows us both to be individuals and yeah. and not lose ourselves in a marriage, not lose our identities into a relationship. And so that's when very slowly but surely I started wrapping my brain around this concept of, of non-monogamy and how it was suddenly kind of like a viable option for the both of us. Mm. Was that was that a bumpy ride or how did that go? Oh, no, what? sorry. Hell let me yeah. let me adjust this microphone. We moved it when we broke and we never put it back. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was a hella bumpy ride because in order for me to reconcile with the idea of non-monogamy, I had to throw away literally everything that I knew and was taught about relationships yeah. and marriage and fidelity and jealousy and. This, this theme of ownership kept coming up, and I realized that a lot of what I was taught, both indirectly and, and um, directly, about relationships is that when you are with someone, commitment means that you own them in some kind of way. Yeah. Um, that your relationship isn't, like, your, your partner isn't a free agent. Like, suddenly they belong to you. I mean, it's even in the language that we use when we yeah. talk about Um, our partners. And so that was probably the hardest thing that I had to unlearn was the idea that like, yeah, I'm married. And yeah, I've spent a lot of years with this person. And yeah, we've chosen each other. But like, he doesn't belong to me. Like he he's a total whole person without me. And it's my job to let him be who he is and vice versa. I want to be seen as a whole person. I don't want to be seen as 
um, Jonathan's wife. Like I am my own woman. I have my own business. I make my own money. Like mm-hmm. I, it would be terrible for me to dumb myself down in that way. So why should I dumb myself down that way when it comes to my sexual identity? Yeah. Um, so that was the hardest part. Also this whole notion of jealousy, like, uh, there's one thing that they talk about a lot in like healthy polyamory non-monogamous circles is that like jealousy isn't a bad thing, yeah. you know? I mean, we've been taught to see jealousy as this horrible thing and that if it's coming up, there's something really wrong in your relationship. Yeah. But um, jealousy can be a really great teacher. It can point to to the fact that like this relationship means something really, really good for you or something, um, it means something big for you. And like, um, you can kind of use that jealous energy and kind of like transmute it into other things. And that's what compersion <laughs> is all about. Are you guys familiar with compersion? No, nope. no. What you is gonna, that? You're going to let us know though. <laughs> <laughs> so like compersion is uh, a word in like polyamory and non-monogamous circles where the person on the other end, like say you're on a date and you're, um, you have a partner at home and that partner at home knows that you're on the date. The partner at home, uh, gets a sense of pleasure, a sense of satisfaction, knowing that you are out there having a date with someone okay. else, yeah, knowing that, that you're is. out there. I didn't know that yeah. Was a word for right. it. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah, thought yeah. I was a freaky nasty girl who, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't know there conversion. was a word for it. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and that's basically what like kind of like trans transmuting, jealousy is about is you know turning it into something else taking the charge out of it a little bit and like honestly sometimes even giving yourself permission to be jealous Mm -hmm. and and being also able to unpack that like it's not good to sit with it and be like I'm really jealous I'm never gonna tell you I mean it's really good to to talk about that and that's why she's gotta have it drove me fucking nuts because it (laughs) seems like no one was talking like no one was communicating with each other everyone was like off doing their own things and which is fine but don't call that polyamory because that's not what that is so we're gonna close the interview but um, yeah is there anything that we haven't asked you that you would want um our listeners to know no i mean people i'm i'm sure you're gonna tell people where they can go like to find me and stuff like that Mm. i just want to say that you guys are awesome like i don't Like I, I know it's, I know how it feels to be on the other side of a project, especially like a podcast or Mm -hmm. doing something digitally and how it can feel like you're creating into a void and that there may not be other people on the other end who are appreciating it, loving it, Mm -hmm. talking about it. I mean, I don't know, maybe that's just me because I'm like not really clued into, um, (laughs) to certain things, Mm -hmm. but, um, but I just want you guys to know that you guys are doing incredible work and, um, I'm so happy that you guys share with us always your conversations. I mean, there have been so many times where I'm listening to your podcast and, I feel like I'm being preached to in like the best way. <laughs> not not in like the the oppressive Christian way, but like, yeah, speak to me, like teach me. I, w- I want to learn. So yeah, I just, I That's think really that you guys good. are fantastic. That's, That's awesome. Thank so you so much. So where can people find your podcast and what is your website and all that good stuff? Yeah. So my website is sexloveliberation.com and they can go there to find out more about who I am, about the work that I do, about the classes that I teach, the workshops that I lead. Um, I'm also on Instagram at evian.whitney, um, where I'd like to take uh, sexy selfies. <laughs> so, fair warning for that. If you're not into uh, nudish 
photography, then you may not want to click through. Um, and my podcast is The Sexually Liberated Woman. Um, and you can find that on iTunes, SoundCloud, and I think I'm on Stitcher as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Evian. We appreciate it. This has been an amazing conversation. We oh really my God. You guys thank have, you. you've, you've made my entire 2018. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. So, um, we want to take a break as far as podcast world is yeah, concerned. Let's take a podcast and break. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Money. <laughs> do you know what this year is? Um, what's this year? Well, it's 2018, but do you know what 2018 is all about? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like giving black this women year. your money. Yes, so give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh yes, yes. We do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website, tvwithqueenandj.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. And we have two options there. So two! Can, two! You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. Yo. Yes. Are you ready to pay black women? Yes, let's pay black women. Yes. So this is the segment where we feature black women doing badass things or it could just not be badass. It could just be women that we want to give money to or who's yep. doing a moderately badass thing. Um, so Because <laughs> we you, are allowed to be moderate right, and mediocre. That's right. Absolutely. And we, of course, include indigenous women in this. So if you know a black or indigenous woman or of one or you know of a business that you love, shoot it to us. Let us know. We will feature them in this segment. If you know a black or indigenous woman who is raising money for some shit, let us know. If you know a black or indigenous, or indigenous woman who you are raising money for to donate money for who is in need of some shit it's all about paying black women, women and indigenous and, women yes so hit us up with that information who do you have this week so i have this week it was a submission from a listener and yes. it's a website called cityrepublic.com and that's republic with a k mm-hmm. i like when people spell things with k's instead of c's because it's <laughs> just cute um this website has the main thing for me is wigs so they sell wigs okay. and all of the wigs look really dope and natural nice. and i feel like i would buy them but they also have apparel they have head wrap, head wraps jewelry swimwear it's kind of a like one-stop shop for all of the um tangible things i need for my bad bit stuff mm-hmm. then they also have um seminars and kind of like really affordable business kind of webinar class things for black women well not not just black women but for Mm -hmm. women to start businesses and all of those things branding website hosting blah blah blah, all of that stuff all of that information you will need to just get it started they also have stuff there so i thought it was pretty cool that they are a business that is also facilitating ways that you can start your own business Mm -hmm. so it's like 
the gift that keeps on giving i guess i like it I don't know. yeah but yeah visit CityRepublic.com. That's right. And, and we will put that information in our show notes. Yeah. For sure. For shizzle. And on our website now as yeah. well. We have Pay Black Women page. On that our is right. So check it out. I have accessory and handbag designer Maya Stewart. Um, this was sent to us by Tammy, one of our listeners. Maya is... So Maya Stewart is a handbag and accessories designer. As a Native American of Chickasaw Creek and Choctaw descent, Maya's designs are frequently influenced by the geometric lines of Southeastern tribes. To these designs, she brings inspiration from her many years spent in London, New York, and LA. So I've checked out her website. She's got a bunch of dope shit here. She's got hats. She's got bags, all kinds of dope shit. Be sure to check out her page. We will include, I'll include the, um, the link to her page and her Instagram as well, because it's a lot of cool shit on here. Page, you mean like website or her website? Yes, okay, I'll cool. include the link to her website as well as her Instagram cool. information, so you can check that shit out. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like it too. So now I guess we'll get into news. That's not news. News. That's not news. In a world where Don Lemon is considered a respectable news anchor, in a world where people respect Don Lemon. Queen and Jay bring you news that's not news. News that should be news, but it ain't news because mainstream media wants to feed you the same three stories about transracialism in three different ways with a special segment by Don Lemon. So here's news that's not news. All right, so this week's news that's not news comes from an article in Global Citizen about incarcerated women in Arizona and the limitations on menstrual pads. Oh, brother. Yeah. Here we goes again. Right. So we've mentioned before on this podcast, we've talked about incarcerated women and the limited access that they have to sanitation products. Yeah. So that includes tampons, pads, all the stuff that we know that menstruating women and people need. need. Yeah. Um, And they have limited access because either the free ones that are provided are too few. Yeah. Um, or they're or they not have, provided or they're overpriced in commissary right. or um, people use them as disciplinary measures so you were i don't know annoying to me last week so this week i just don't have happen to ha- not have pads for you and right. you know, just things like that right 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 um so the article is 12 pads per month arizona legislature will vote on restrictive menstrual menstruation rules so right now in arizona um the prison system currently provides a maximum of 12 pads per month to all women inmates forcing them to ration the way they manage periods or free free bleed um, or rely on unsanitary solutions. Um, if you want tampons in these prisons, that's something that's only available within commissary. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't provide those at all. And you are only allowed to have 24 pads on you, right? So they only provide you with 12 a month, but you also can't, like, let's say that you buy more from commissary. That's contraband. Right. Because yeah. they think you're probably going to be selling them. Right, exactly. Like that. But maybe if you made it something that was available for everyone, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be something that could be exactly. sold in the People prison. People wouldn't be hoarding them and Maybe. using them yeah. as a tool, a weapon, or whatever yes. the fuck. You know what I'm saying? They wouldn't be using it as a capitalistic tool. Yes, if yes. That's what I meant by weapon. Gave yes. it to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so there's been a bill introduced by state representative, Arizona State Representative Athena Salman um, that would change the arbitrary rules and enable women access to unlimited to unlimited sanitary pads as needed. But first it has to pass the nine man legislative committee in Arizona. Um, 
the nine man of course the people the non-period people of course yes the non-menstruating people yep so a cool thing that happened (sighs) yeah so though this nine man committee um expressed discomfort with some of the testimony i guess they, they don't feel like women need more pads of course not no, right no. yeah they did vote four to five to allow the bill to proceed to the house floor for a full hearing so that's where we're at right now it had they haven't said okay great let's you know give them all the pads they need it's been all right let's talk about if we really need to do this um so that is what's happening right now many women especially those who earn just 15 cents an hour performing prison labor cannot afford extra pads how many pads when you were in high school because i don't i haven't used did you use pads in high school same right so i I don't use pads anymore because i don't i just can't i use a menstrual cup now right that's right how's that going great good love it okay we'll talk about that later i'm going to get into that i want to say maybe they should start introducing menstrual cups right because you don't you could just wash the one you yeah that, that would be cool um i predominantly use tampons because i like not to think about bleeding all mm-hmm. fucking day um but when i was in high school you i would use more than one pad a day several um, several a pad gets bloody it gets full yeah, and then people have different flows so right. you could be a heavier yes. like i'm a very light bleeder mm-hmm. you could be a heavier bleeder mm-hmm. whereas one pad a day is just not yeah there was a period of my life I talked about it before when I had fibroids when it was just like I was just a fucking open vat just fucking pouring out blood. Excuse that me, is my scary. language. Yeah, <laughs> I know it sounds gross, but like, yeah, imagine walking around and you just fucking gushing blood and shit. Yeah, you know what and I'm I saying? bet there are women in prison with fibroids. There are of many. course, it's, of it's, course, fibroids right. are such a common thing. Exactly. There are so many there. yeah, so just thinking about like the um, the the type of fucking tampon that I had to use and the amount of times I had to change <sighs> it if I had been using a pad. I remember. I would that. have to change like every hour i remember jay you gave gave me a pack of super tampons ultra b and i didn't not know even super duper ultra I, I was just like oh free tampons yeah because i was done i i had i was able i had fibroid surgery and so now i don't bleed yeah, like I'm that like, anymore, oh, free God. tampons and i think i was unemployed at the time so mm-hmm. i was like yes i will take it mm-hmm. i didn't i don't i don't know i just i didn't th- register that they I, were ultra i didn't yeah. think that they would be larger yeah. in diameter i just yeah. thought extra absorbent cloth nah son like nah yeah, it was like nah. I was putting a little v- vibrator in me. Yeah, every time they were really, they were really, really <laughs> fucking was, huge. That was a lot. So I'm glad but, that part of my life is over. But yes, I brought up that to mm-hmm. bring up the fact that if you get 12 pads a month, let's say that you only menstruate for six days. Some for some people that's a long amount of time. Some people go for seven days, eight yeah. days, or whatever. Let's say that you only do six days. So that's one in the daytime and one overnight overnight especially all type of shit happens at night you sleep in a certain way or whatever yeah, like do these, do these have wings it's a like, whole what kind of fat i feel right. like they probably give them the standard ass pads they that do. Doesn't even they, have and wings. they're not they're not those thin cute ones yeah that are comfortable no yeah so they're not um, the sleeping ones that are extra long right, so that right. it knows that you move you know this is fucking crazy mm-hmm. i feel like somehow some way i don't know how that they maybe should start introducing menstrual cups as an option only yeah. because they can be washed but then again i've never been in prison so i don't know right. how what is that's access? gonna what's that's gonna exactly. look like or whatever so yeah. i could just be speaking out of turn too i don't right. know they need right. to just get this shit together not to mention if you have if everybody has a menstrual menstrual cup that they can reuse then how is the prison gonna make money off of pads you know what i'm yeah, saying pads I know. And but and other shit. They bring, well they're not gonna make as much but they bring in so many prisoners because we live in this prison ass right. thing that they can buy them an intro <laughs> yeah an intro cup and then i'm sure people are gonna lose it and blah 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 mm-hmm. i think that the concern 
the concern actually is capitalism, like you just pointed out. Yeah. But the concern needs to be like these women's menstrual health because that's important. Not having an adequate way to deal with your menstrual cycle is can cause two health problems. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's a health thing. This is like a serious issue that needs to be taken a lot more seriously. Right. So on globalcitizen.org, there's a take action page and it's listing menstruation as like one of the taboos that we're trying to break down in the world. Um, so there are different actions you can take. You can tell world, le- tell world leaders to prioritize menstruation hygiene management so girls can access a full education. There are certain places around the world where if you are menstruating, you can't go to class. You just need to like hang out at the crib. Yeah. There's um, give girls proper menstruation education to achieve their full potential. Hygiene education, excuse me. There's some other shit here. Wait, what is, let me look for what I'm. That's even like a, because it seems, I don't know. I'm not looking at the website Mm -hmm. you're looking at. It's a lot of times, a lot of that education seems like it's geared toward countries that are not the states or like European right. countries, but uh, there's still just as much ignorance here. That's actually there's what lots this is. of ignorance. Right. That, the only reason that this is acceptable is because of that same yes. ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because this is a thing that happens to most women. Most people who have vaginas menstruate once a month for yes. a certain period of their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For much of their life. So this is like a common thing that because women's health is such so taboo, it's okay to just say, oh, I'm going to give you 12 tampons. When yeah, that's, and that's outrageous. Yeah. Like I remember so, Pads, I remember me. at work, um, most of the staff at my job are women, and I remember, you know, I work in an organization that deals with children, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So there was like a water day, and this is a day where everyone like just throws water at each other. And I had to explain to men in leadership that if a girl, if a woman says she doesn't want to participate in water day, you just have to just take her word for yeah. it. Because if she's on her period and she wears pads, mm-hmm. th- like you just wasted a whole pad. And yeah. we don't know these people's situation. Right. Like I literally had to explain that. And it was like, they were completely ignorant to mm-hmm. it. It's like, but they're at work, but I don't care. Yeah. Like if they say that they cannot participate in water day because of mm-hmm. this, then we just have to just take their word for That's it. it. That's just is what it is. Yeah. So it's basically this page on Global Citizen. It's a bunch of different actions that you can take to spread more information and knowledge about women's hygiene and people with vaginas, menstruation around the world. Um, so I'll post the link to that. If any, there's a bunch of different actions you can take. If anyone knows of anything that that we can do to support uh, what's happening in Arizona right now, let us know. Yes. Or or anywhere around the country, if you know of whatever the prison situation is surrounding menstruation and shit like that, let us know and let us know if there's something that we can do, and we will definitely share that with folks. Yes, definitely will. All right. Okay. I don't know. I sometimes wonder if there's a way that you could like, you know how you have pen pals in prison where you could send them letters? Yes. Can you send packages of tampons, like find a pen pal and like send them That would be cool. Box of um tampons or pads or however right. they want to go about their menstrual cycle. Like why like if there's an organization that has a program like that, like let us mm-hmm. know because that could help yeah. these women. Yeah. Um in a huge way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like that idea are you ready for the pit always ready for the pit everybody strap in I'm about to open some fucking windows the new triple x has got to be more dangerous deadlier more attitude who the fuck is this asshole say what again say what again i dare you i double dare you motherfucker say what one more goddamn time what you got so for this pit well i guess i'll explain what the pit is the pit is the complete opposite of libations this is where we we tell them why we mad yeah basically we tell them why we mad the people who fuck with our black joy our Mm -hmm. black women joy we like 
put them on blast right. and tell them I'll be mad. Yep. So for this pit, I would like to throw in all of the people, um, mainly as far as my social media is concerned, the black men who are mm-hmm. saying bad things about Khalees because she wants more child support. Khalees, the uh, singer, entertainer. Singer, entertainer. She is now a, like, um, a cook like right. she can cook her ass off yeah she does like chef shit or whatever. i've never eaten Rose food parties. it just look good we will be yes yeah we will um she is also naz's ex-wife and the mother of their child yes and here we are yes one of my bad bitch idols mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so she's asking for mon- more money she currently receives eight thousand dollars a month and mm-hmm. um child support from naz right and she's asking for more it is not said how much more she is asking for but um, it does specify why she's asking for these things. Mm-hmm. This is from a TMZ article because they be all in people's business. They be on top of the foolishness, <laughs> right do. on top yes. of it. And they come with the facts oftentimes. Um, while the specific amount Khalees is seeking is not known, she wants add-ons to the base, meaning 50% of school-related costs, 50% of any child, co- any child care she needs, and 50% of unreimbursed health care. So basically, she's just asking for your half. Yeah. Your half. That's it. Because we have this child together. Right. And we are raising this child. Mm-hmm. We are co-parenting in whatever way that we are able to at this moment. Right. She's just asking for half mm-hmm. of what the cost of things that clearly have. Like, you clearly know what school-related costs are. Mm-hmm. You clearly know. Like, there's nothing arbitrary. Yeah. The, you, the, even though I feel that if it was, that's fine. But mm-hmm. it's usually, men usually try to, like attack those arbitrary things mm-hmm. like what is that for what is that right. what are you using that for right. you're just using that for your hair and mm-hmm. all of this shit i've never seen an eight thousand dollar weave but whatever mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so not yet <laughs> <laughs> i've just not i just don't have eight thousand dollars that's probably what it is exactly. but these are not even arbitrary things that she is asking for these are things that are like clear you, mm-hmm. you can see a school school bill receipts right. you can see healthcare receipts right. like these are things that she can actually have receipts for and motherfuckers are still complaining and yeah. calling her a money hungry bitch this is a woman who has her own money mm-hmm. who has her own career mm-hmm. had a career before she met Nas yep. had a career before she married Nas mm-hmm. had a career before she had a child with Nas mm-hmm. so I don't understand why the narrative is that this is a gold digging ass bitch well the other thing that people often don't consider is that when you are a person of a certain amount of um, notoriety and fame that like the cost of like what you have to spend on security for your child yes the type of school that you have to send your, your kid to too. so that every people's parents from up the block are not like oh isn't that not the son? son isn't that exactly. you know what i'm saying you have to send them to a private school yep you have to fucking like health care for a lot of these artists is it's not out of pocket. insurance it's, out, it's of pocket, out of pocket right so it's just a lot of people don't consider those expenses um when celebrities are asking for and the then, amount of money that they ask then, for at the time of their divorce, mm-hmm. when they made whatever child support judgment, he was at a different place than he is right, right now. So, no, we're going to go and we're going to renegotiate this mm-hmm. shit. Just, you're making more money. Yep. So this more money that you're making needs to benefit our child. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, yep. I, I don't un- I don't get what yep. the somebody, sh- shit is somebody about. That I know this is why I can't wait to get pregnant and give the child to the dad and be like, I pay like, for it however you want. Yeah, like, here, here $50 every week. Mm-hmm. Do what you make, make way. Yeah. Like, yeah no i hear you you wanted it yep. i carried it here you can have it yep. like i can't wait to be yep. that i'm not gonna really be that bitch because right. i don't want to have children I but mm-hmm. that that's how i would do yeah it. i know somebody I can't wait to be a weekend mom. that that happened to where she after many many years of having possibly three children she took 
the dad back to get like no they sent a paper in the mail and was like hey are you are, do you want to increase it to this amount now yeah. or whatever and she was like yeah because it's been years since, since any increase yo that whole family talked about her like she was fucking like but trash and, and the, like the was fucking stealing from him or something the thing that's ridiculous is that if we if we had if the couple could had continued in this the narrative of being together as a right. nuclear family sure. and they were still married or still together coupled, mm-hmm. that salary increase by that man would still impact the family. Absolutely. So why can it not impact Absolutely. the family now? Because we are not as we are not a couple. Mm-hmm. This is like it's as obvious that it's not about the child. It's about us not being a couple anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is stupid yeah. makes no sense yeah. it's just it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. i just don't get how it went goes from it makes me think of like because you know i'm always defending jenna jackson mm-hmm. it makes me think of jenna jackson when she divorced that man mm-hmm. um i guess he was a billionaire or some shit mm-hmm. and that was the narrative coming out of that like right. oh she's just getting him for his money and it's like this is a fucking jackson mm-hmm. this is janet fucking jackson mm-hmm. like are you fucking serious yeah. like her name alone I don't even, I can't even remember this man's name. Like, are you fucking serious? No, me neither. And the story is always anytime a woman asks for something, because we're not supposed to ask for shit and we're just mm-hmm. supposed to just take what we can get and just settle for that shit. Anytime a black woman opens up her mouth to say, I demand this, mm-hmm. there's always a fucking problem. And your motherfuckers need to get your shit together. We're, for, we're the mules of this earth. And so it's like, our labor is supposed to be free. Our love is supposed to be free. Our, our love, our labors of love are, are supposed, supposed to be, to be fucking free. free. Even when we are old, even when it's documented and on paper that if like it was with janet jackson if we are together for this amount of time this is the amount of money that you are to expect yes even then it's like oh how dare you take what you owed how dare you take what we said we'd give you and then it's it's, it's as if we're continuing to punish it to punish these women for not in quotations keeping a man so because she was not able to air quotes because you know i don't believe in that shit quote unquote able to mm-hmm. keep this man then mm-hmm. you should Quote continue unquote, to keep. pay yeah. you should continue to pay for that shit well if you if, if you made it work mm-hmm. then you wouldn't be going through all of this shit mm-hmm. if you you wouldn't have to go to court you wouldn't have to be doing all this shit and yep. it's like nah that shit is fucking ridiculous it didn't work and it has nothing to do with taking care of a child mm-hmm. our failed relationship has nothing to do with the nurturing of a fucking kid right. like what is wrong with people mm-hmm. oh y'all should be lucky i don't want to have kids because i would be the best weekend mom paying 17% of my little bit of ass check, uh-huh. hiding, hiding my funds. Mm-hmm. You no, know, nah, I wouldn't do that. That's so mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is shit men do like hiding the money that they make, making it seem as if the woman is being greedy. Like, do you know how much it costs to raise a child? Mm-hmm. Like you should be happy. All you're doing is paying some of the rent. Yep. You're getting off. Mm-hmm. You're getting over, mm-hmm. but not with Khalees no. and not with Janet. No, so sorry every time we have this child's uh support conversation i think about the sneakers that my dad bought me in fifth grade um <laughs> it was a revenge purchase that i had nothing to do with why does the kid have to suffer because you don't want to buy me sneakers honestly man get the fuck over yourself they're it is worse. not about you they are the fuck it is it's not about you and they're always angrier when a woman is happy and has moved on yes they get so mad they're you're just worst. supposed to just struggle and like you're supposed to be like what's that thing um can I get some more porridge? Yes. Like that's how please, they, Oliver. Please, please, yeah, that, that's how they want their ex more. to be. Yeah. Like crazy. It doesn't yeah. matter how much she makes. It doesn't matter if she's married now or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We are taking care of this child. 
this life mm-hmm. I created for this child, independent of you, has nothing to do with you and what the fuck you need to give me. Yep. Period. Yeah. I could Let be a millionaire. I don't care. I could marry a millionaire, and if my first baby father works for transit, I'm still collecting <laughs> child support. I don't fucking care. Same, yo. Fuck out of here. Same. 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 But it's gonna be same. Right. Sorry, I'm still thinking about them sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll tell that story. I probably told it already. It's so upsetting. The children always suffer, yo. Men are fucking trash. So trash. Anyway, on that note, let's close the Bumblecot show. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. You can find Tea with Queen and Jay on iTunes, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn app, Castbox, all those little applications and shit that you use to listen to podcasts. We are there. Please make sure you are subscribed. If you love us, please make sure that you mm-hmm. give us a five star rating. Yeah, Talk us about reviews. us. Yeah, share us with your friends. We yes. actually got um, a bunch of new reviews on iTunes that we can go over next week. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody who did that. We appreciate you. We love you. Leave a cash back review. Cast that's box, own, uh-huh. cast, That's what it's called. Cast box. Cast box. Mm-hmm. Leave one of those. We don't have one there yet. I want to. want to see one. Uh uh-uh, uh Shoulder moves. Fun, okay. Know? All right. That'll be cool too. Mm-hmm. Look out for us out south by southwest. We cannot wait to see you cannot there, Austin, wait. Texas. What's good? As always, you can find us on instagram and twitter at t with qj we are on facebook and tumblr t with queen and j check out our website t with queen and and you can go there for any upcoming events things that you want to know about us yada 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 yep, it's yep, all yep. there email us send us your t-mail yes. at t with queen and j at gmail.com um if you sent us t-mail we will get at that shit next time or the time after that yep, yep, yep. what else I feel like we did we did the things. All right. We did all the show things. That's right. Black Lives Matter. Black, say her name. Black Panther. Black Panther. So, so lit. Cannot fucking wait. I cannot wait. Um hashtag stop killing trans women. Hashtag maybe he doesn't hit you. Hashtag T with QJ. Yep. Hashtag potting. Hashtag yep. pods and color. Hey, speaking of pods and color, um, kind of related, unrelated or whatever, we are on iTunes Black History Month feature page. Oh, yeah, this yeah, week. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. For the second time. Hey, for the second time. Yes. So thank you, Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Thank you for including us in that and libations to everybody else who is included there. We appreciate you. We hope next year they'll include maybe some more categories it's only three categories yeah like what the fuck is up with that yeah it was more last year right i I don't think they broke it down in categories like that last year okay yeah so um yeah people talk about more things we talk about all the things it's it's black folks podcasting in every area and every subject on every topic so it'd be great to see more of that and we would love even though we are heavily on the black shit we'd love to be featured during other times of the year right just Just because because right we're dope exactly how about Exa- that hey we talk politics we talk fucking news we talk perspective there's we, we there's space jokes. for us elsewhere that's right yeah it, 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 a lot a lot happens yeah here. definitely yeah. um so everyone also i encourage you uh the more that you all check out that page and like click on that page the more that they will i don't know do it feature it i don't fucking know but anyway thank you what else i think we could say bye um hashtag disability too white Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye. Smooches. Oh, God. I love it now. Okay. I got to switch gears here. So let's move on now. And I want to talk about former White House aide Omarosa Manigault Manigault uh, New. It's Black History Month. We got to talk about Omarosa. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying, look, it is Black oh, History Month. Okay. Oh, Carter G. Woodson did not go to the match. <laughs> 
to uh, get Negro History Week that eventually turned into Black History Month for the talk, talk about Amarosa on her apology tour and her attempt to salvage her reputation on a reality television show. Not during Black History Month, guys. Mm -mm.